the year is 1877. The Dakota Territory is a grim and desolate place, but in the small town of Sweet Ravine, law and order rules. The keeper of that peace is the most feared gunslinger west of the Mississippi. Hold on to those ten-gallon hats as we present the adventures of Sheriff Rawhide Law. The town council of Sweet Ravine has recently come to a decision which will mean an influx of temptation to the citizens of Alex's town. Law is the opposite of temptation, and Alex will need all the help she can get to keep Sweet Ravine on the straight and narrow. Blackjack! No. Why not? For the same reason you do not have gin, we are playing Pharaoh. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Why are we playing Pharaoh again? You have chosen the career of law enforcement. It was kind of chosen for me. This I grant you. Regardless, you are playing Pharaoh in order to learn how to spot a card cheat. Why are you playing? Because I apparently did something wicked in my childhood. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I never played cards much. Believe me, I know. You just tell me when you're going to start cheating and I'll try to spot you. When I'm going to start? Yes. Kitty, look at the back of my cards. You see how all the backs are different colors? <laughs> it's pretty. Yes. Do you remember how they didn't start out looking that way? Is that something I should watch for? Mr. Law? Hello, sweetie pie. Why is your head on that table? Because it is too early to start drinking. I think I might have broken him. Darling, can we go hunt down a dangerous mass murderer? That would be fun, wouldn't it? You better let me handle this, Pipsqueak. Yes, sir! How bad is she? Really? She is the worst card player I have ever met. What about Sam? She is the second worst card player I have ever met. You cannot use her as a monitor. I have to put her somewhere. Let her guard the prize money. All right, but we still need another monitor. You're right. I guess we have to cancel. Nope. This is a terrible idea. I told you that. The town council brought me in to ask me if a poker tournament was a good way to raise money to repair the bridge. I told them it was a terrible idea. They brought me in as an expert because I used to be a card sharp. Why did they not listen to what the expert was telling them? I suspect it's because you didn't tell them what they wanted to hear, sweetie pie. Now, I really do need one more monitor. <sighs> Fingers. Yeah? You know how to play cards, yes? Sure can. Consider yourself pressed into service. Happy? Doesn't that mean no piano player? Piano music is not, strictly speaking, required for a poker tournament. Besides, he only ever plays that one song. Is it too late, Sheriff? I'm afraid so, Sam. My heart belongs to another. What? You're being openly mocked by my wife, Sam. Too late for what? I'll have the entry fee right here if I can still sign up. Jody? You all right? Am I to understand that you have gathered together the sum of $100? Me and Slim, yeah. We didn't have enough for both of us, but we got enough for one to enter, and then we played a hand of poker for who would get to play. One 
hundred dollars. Yep. And you are choosing to spend it to enter a poker tournament. The winner gets five hundred. You have a fifty dollar and forty three cent bar tab. Slim has a forty seven dollar and twenty eight cent bar tab. Between the two of you, you have managed to come up with one hundred dollars, which you are spending to enter a poker tournament when you have not won a hand of poker in living memory. What do you mean? I just beat Slim. Sheriff, is he allowed, to- Caleb? If I have understood Mister Martin's law books, yes, he is legally allowed to do so. It is a hideously unsound decision, but law is not intended to prevent stupid. Well, all righty then. Here you go, Sheriff Jody. Would you mind pouring us a few celebratory beers and put them on my tab? I have something special behind the bar. Just a moment. Odds that the something special is a loaded pistol. One hundred percent. Shouldn't you stop that? The realization that if she kills him, he will never pay off the bar tab is likely to hit her just about. I heard you were the grand marshal of this event, Caleb. I wouldn't have signed up otherwise, since you always beat me in Slim. But with you out of the way, I'm sure to take off your shirt. Beg pardon? The grand marshal just told you to take off your shirt. But why? Because you have an entire deck of cards up your left sleeve, Sam. There's an ace of diamonds in your shirt pocket, and you are wearing cufflinks designed specifically to mark cards. The first time I ever met you, you were cheating at cards, and since I've known you, you've gotten worse at it. Given my druthers, I would happily refund you your entry fee and suggest you go pay off your bar tab instead. However, as I know, I am unlikely to talk you out of this idiotic notion. And since he just as soon not have me throw you in a jail cell for cheating at the tournament. Also that, yes. I am therefore going to work against my better judgment and Jody's best interest by allowing you to participate in the tournament, but only if you take off your shirt. But now, yes, ma'am. Hey, looks like the stagecoach is here. Let's go meet the out-of-town contestants. So no pity at all for your miserable, ever-loving husband. I don't do pity, but I can make it so you can tell yourself you had no choice in the matter. How? By batting my eyelashes just so and saying, "Please, sweetie pie." I am not going to say that I love you. I am instead going to do this so there is no doubt in your mind. Never was any. Good morning, gentlemen. On behalf of Sweet Ravine, allow me to welcome you. My name is Caleb Law, and I hope your stay here will be as pleasant as possible as we gleefully attempt to bleed you dry for a good cause. <laughs> we'll be starting in about an hour, and all right, Caleb. I took off my shirt, like you said, and I. Hello, sailor. Oh, hello, young missy. Did I miss anything? I do beg your pardon for being a bit behind the rest of the group. I had one or two things I needed to collect from the coach. Dear sweet mother of all that's holy, Caleb Law. Oh, sugar, how are you? Still the handsomest card shark this side of Chicago, I see. Oh, it's so good to see you. Good morning, Annalee. And here I was thinking I'd have no competition in the tournament. Yeah, I'm actually the grand marshal of this event. Ah,、oh, well, that's just plain boring then. Maybe you and I can slip off for a private game later. 
Some introductions might be called for. This is Miss Anna Lee Garrett, best card player I ever met. Oh, you are sweet as ever. And this is Alex Rawhide Law, my wife. Your wife? Well, I never would have thought it. Oh, you most precious thing! I never thought anyone could have made Caleb settle down, but one look at you and I can see it. You two are just the prettiest little picture. And still holding hands—that's so sweet. Well, Caleb, I suppose that makes you the one that got away. Annalee, I don't suppose there's any chance whatsoever that you'd let me refund you the price of your entry fee and your stagecoach and get you away from here as soon as possible. Oh, sugar, you get the strangest ideas at times, but I promise you, Caleb, I will play this whole tournament on the up and up. I won't cheat even the teensiest little bit. You mean I won't catch you cheating? Same thing, isn't it? Now, if you'll excuse me, I do need to go freshen up a bit. You can let go of my hand. If I let go of your hand, you'll shoot her. I can shoot left-handed, sweetie pie. The more important question is, if I should elect to do so, do you care? I suspect you don't actually want to answer that, Caleb. Annalee never once did me a lick of harm. Licking might not be the right thing to talk about, neither. I imagine. Fingers, imagine every threat my wife ever sent your way, and assume I'm saying the same thing. Now, darling. Yes, sugar. I have no illusions that you and Anna Lee will ever be on good terms, but she was a real friend to me on more than one occasion. Exactly how friendly are we talking? She paid my bail when I was running for vacancy. When either one of us was down on our luck, the other one would buy a hot dinner. You don't meet a ton of kind faces as a professional gambler, and to me, she was always one. You might be missing out on the nuances of my question, sweetie pie. She's asking if there's any hanky panky. Fingers, I swear I have met entire herds of buffalo with more subtlety than you. But yes. Let's explore that last point. I was never fool enough to go down that path, darling. Annalee uses romance like you use a pistol. It's her defense against the world. She kissed me on exactly one occasion, and it served the oh-so-scintillating purpose of hiding her face from the local deputy who was looking to put her in a jail cell. And why, pray tell, was he looking to do that? Because she had convinced the sheriff's son, the deputy's nephew, to pay for her trip to Santa Fe, with the understanding that he'd meet her there and they'd get married. That's not technically illegal. It became a little more so when she took that money and hopped on the train to New Orleans instead. Are there any warrants out for her arrest? None that I am personally aware of. I hate this. And I am nonetheless letting go of your hand. Just promise me you won't let her cheat in this tournament. <laughs> Darling, I can either run the tournament or watch Anna Lee, and it's best if I do the former. And why is that? Because I wasn't kidding when I said she's the best card player I ever met. She's amazing with a deck of cards. I could sit watching her unblinkingly for the entire tournament, and I still wouldn't be able to swear she hadn't cheated. This is unacceptable. I am a respected member of the community, and I will not sit next to this barbarian. Miss Clarabel, I showing up to a tournament practically naked—it's indecent. It's illicit. It's precisely the sort of immoral behavior the temperance movement is trying to raise funds to strike down. In a gambling tournament. 
But I have a shirt, Miss Clarabelle. I'm just not allowed to wear it on account of the Grand Marshal said so. Quiet, you heathen! Ow! Now, if you read the Good Book more often, you might not find that someone needs to smack you with it. That's a copy of War and Peace. Well, I didn't happen to grab the Good Book, but it's a Good Book, so it's close enough. Sugar, you come on and sit right here next to me. I've made a fair share of gentlemen lose their shirts before today. This will just save a lady some time. Besides, some of us might not mind the view, no matter how much someone else might pretend to. Hmm. Well, golly, ma'am. You just plant yourself right here beside me, sugar. Come on and be Annalee's lucky charm for this game. All right, simmer down. And by simmer down, of course, I mean button your lips before I shoot them off your mouth. This will be standard game of five-card draw poker. We've got five tables with five people each, and you've all got your chips. When three people go bust at your table, the remaining two will move to the next round, so we'll have two tables of five. The last two standing from each of those tables will face off at a table for four. If you make it that far, you'll get half your stake back at the end. The winner will receive $500 cash. Anything to add, Mr. Grand Marshal? Anyone caught cheating will be evicted from the premises where you will definitely be run out of town. My wife may also shoot you for good measure depending on her mood. Which, in fairness, I should tell you is pretty heavily on the grim side just now. If there are any disputes, my word is the second to last. You don't want the final word to come out because it will not be spoken by a human mouth and it is spelled B-A-N-G. Um, Caleb? It spells bang, Sam. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, let's get to dealing. That's a lovely pot you've presented me with, gentlemen. Two pair, aces and eights. You sure you want to play that, Zebediah? That's the hand Bill Hickok was playing when he was gunned down last year. They call it Dead Man's Hand. I'm an undertaker, remember? I've seen plenty of actual dead men's hands, and every one of them has put money in my pocket. Why should this one be any different? I was hoping you'd call that, feller. I've got three of a kind, and you've got... Oh, well, I guess that's a little better there with that flush and all. Caleb, sugar. I see it. Young man, I, I didn't catch your name, but I don't reckon it matters much at the moment. The reason they nicknamed those colored glasses of yours cheaters is because everybody knows you can use them to easier spot a marked card. You'll note he said easier. If you know what to look for, it stands out like an apple tree in a cactus patch. And it so happens I know what to look for. Uh, darling... This young whippersnapper is trying to play this game with marked cards. Is he now? Twenty? Nineteen? Eighteen? I don't know if you're waiting to see what happens when she reaches one. Sixteen? But I promise you, your well-being would be better served by being as far as possible from here when she gets there. And since you were the only one betting, I believe this pot belongs to you, sugar. It does? Well, I'll be. Lucky boy. 
Sir, I think I just saw that Anna Lee woman cheating. She did. I thought you'd like to know. You were correct, Pipsqueak. I told Mister Law, but he didn't seem to want to do anything. Say that again. It was the strangest thing. It might be best for everyone involved if I put a stop to this right this second. The body count is likely to stay lower. What did you see exactly? Well, she had a pair of threes, and the guy with the mustache had a pair of eights. But she pretended like she had a better hand, and she won the hand. She bluffed. Right while I was watching. Can you believe it? Pipsqueak, go find me somebody else who's cheating. I have a sudden desire to work off some frustration. With the trollop who keeps calling all the boys sugar. That's not for whom the bell tolls, Pipsqueak. You know, Slim bet me that I'd never make it to the second table. That's another ten dollars for me, no matter what happens. It looks like I might be your lucky charm instead of the other way around, Sugar. You gonna call this hand or what? Oh yeah, I call. What you got, Miss Annalee? Two pair, tens and sevens. Well, my luck was bound to give out. I got two pair too, but it's sevens and tens. You win. Oh, look at you being chivalrous, you sweet thing. We're splitting this here pot. That's mighty nice of you, Miss Annalee. You got a kind and generous soul. Oh, I'm a giving soul, sugar. You just wait till after the tournament. You might just see for yourself. Sheriff, Jody, we have known each other since you came to this town. I have never seen that expression on your face. I imagine I've only had this expression on one other occasion. I once watched a prairie dog attack a coyote and send it yelping off into the sunset. That seems unlikely. As does this. All right, so we are at our final table. Only four players left. I know most of you know each other, but for the benefit of our guests, I present our finalists. Miss Clarabelle Montgomery from the town's temperance movement is the young lady with the two glasses of whiskey in front of her. Next to her is Mr. Zebediah Riggs, the undertaker. We are all surprised that his services have not yet been called for today. To his left is the only remaining out-of-town player, Miss Annalee Garrett, and finally, I know it's hard, sweetie, but spit it out. Our last finalist is Sam. Always bet on the prairie dog. Why don't you cut the cards, Miss Annalee? You're the guest. If you insist. All right, Zebediah, you go ahead and deal 'em. Of course. Well, isn't that interesting? I'm sorry if this ends the tournament right here, but I feel pretty confident in this hand. I'm betting my entire stash. Caleb, when she cut the cards, darling, if you ever trusted your husband, do not move. Why? Because she's not that stupid. What do you say, my friends? I'll call it. And I couldn't keep me away from this, so I'm just gonna draw my colt now to save all of two tenths of a second. Go ahead, darling, but don't shoot just yet. King high straight. Anyone got something to beat that? Last time I looked, a flush does beat a straight, my dear. Sorry about that, young lady. What? 
Not so fast, if you please, Mr. Riggs. A full house, unless I'm wrong, beats a flush. She lost? Um. Well, that's just very disappointing, I do declare. Um. Sugar, were you trying to say something? Well, I know there are only twos I got in my hand and all, but... Yes? But I do seem to have all four of them. That's good hand, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner for our tournament. <laughs> Sam, this envelope contains your prize money. Thank you so much, Caleb. Nice work, sugar. Oh, shucks, Miss Annalee. I gotta go split this with Slim, but the first thing I'm gonna do is... Um... Sam, I want you to consider your next words very carefully. The first thing I'm gonna do is... Pay my bar tab? Well, thank you, Sam. That's real gentlemanly of you. All right, sugar. You just rest your little eyeballs. Ah! Sam's an amazingly deep sleeper, ain't he? My shooting, you're hollering. Yet I'll bet you he doesn't twitch a muscle. Ah, Mrs. Law. Are you strangely calm because I fired all six shots from this pistol? For the record, I have three more. Pistols, that is. I admit it took me a bit to figure out. You knew if you won the tournament, I'd have assumed you cheated. And so instead, you made it so Sam won. And now you've robbed him blind and we're sneaking out in the middle of the night. May I respond to that? Or are you just going to assume everything I say is a lie? Both of those things can be true, can't they? All right. I am strangely calm because I felt the air rush past me from every one of those bullets. You missed on purpose. If you were sure about any one of the things you just said, you wouldn't have bothered to miss. You don't know for certain that I cheated. But let's just say I did. Just between you and little old me. $500 in prize money, of which just about 100 went to a bar tab. That's impressive, by the way. You just keep talking while I reload. So, $400 split two ways. I have just spent the last few hours in a nice little private game with Sam and his friend Slim. We were playing poker. And if you could wake either of them up, they would tell you that's all that happened, no matter what you think. So you cleaned them out? I tried to keep it as even as possible. I haven't counted, but I think I got about 75 from each of them. That, plus the 50 I won for making it to the last table, means I doubled my stake. But you'll notice I left both of those boys with over $100, not to mention a paid-off bar tab. That money's staying in your town, Mrs. Law. If I cheated... Well, it looks like just about everyone's happier about it. I look happy to you. If everything was so friendly, why are you sneaking out of his house? Not to be indelicate, but Sam is a bachelor. There's a certain aroma which a lady doesn't want to find herself too mired within if she can help it. I am trying not to like you. You are not obliging. What did your husband tell you about me? That you were a friend to him. That's about 80% of the reason I missed with all six shots. 
Caleb was a good card player because he can read people. I hope you'll trust that he read me correctly. I know I do. And if he looked at you and said he wanted to get married, well, that tells me a lot. I don't know if you're jealous of me, or if you would admit that if you were. It isn't likely, no. But if you were, I would be confused. You're the one who got the boy, remember? I think you know what it's costing me to put this pistol away and say that I regret having fired in your general direction. We'll just leave it between us girls, Sheriff. Call me Alex. Any friend of Caleb's and all that? I can always use a friend. May I go freshen up now, Alex? By all means. One more thing. Did Caleb ever tell you about him? He did. On our wedding night. I met him a few months back in St. Louis. He's still out there looking for Caleb. I know it. And if the need should arise, I also know I have one more friend I can call on if he finds him. Thank you. Though if you flirt with my husband again, I will still shoot you. Oh, I know it, sugar. I know it. Enemies have become friends, paupers have turned wealthy, and peace is restored to Sweet Ravine. But danger always lurks on the horizon in the Wild West. What will the next sunrise bring to this dear little town? Find out next time. You've been listening to Rawhide Law, Episode 6, produced by Seat of Our Pants Players, written and directed by Dan Wenzel. Alex was Jill Wenzel. Caleb was Dan Wenzel. Kitty was Brianna Kuby. Sam was Rick Tennant. Jody was Liz Music. Fingers was Andrew Dell. Clarabelle was Andy Gastengy. Zebediah was Adam Gastengy. And Anna Lee was Rebecca Scheimer. Music and sound effects by www.freesfx.co.uk. Cowboy Sting and Fig Leaf Times 2 by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. License under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. We'll see you next time, partners. <laughs>